Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome back to Greater Alton Church. Um, we're wrapping up this series called Going Viral, What Are You Spreading? And uh, we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. You know, fruit is designed to be spread. It has a seed inside. It's designed to mature and grow, you know, and multiply. And so uh, we've been looking at the things we can spread during this time of, uh, of COVID-19, where we're all been told to stay away from one another. Um, we're finding out that God wants us to spread some things. I'm hearing a lot of good things. I'm hearing people in their neighborhoods are, are getting to know their neighbors better. And uh, this has really been a, a blessing in disguise, hasn't it? Let's look at this passage here. Uh, and if you've got, if you'd like to get notes at betteraltonchurch.org, you can. But uh, this is the passage we've been focusing on the last several weeks. Notice it says that here in Galatians 5, Paul said these words, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit. In other words, when God is living in us, when he has his will and his way with us, he promises these are the kind of changes and the kind of fruit, the results that are going to take place. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Last week we talked about gentleness and today we're looking at self-control. And it's interesting, again, that the fruit that comes out of our lives first has to come from within. That's where the Holy Spirit works. That's where God works on our hearts. Now, God puts these qualities in my life when God is living in my life. And so that's what we've been looking at. And that's why we want to talk today, wrap us up this series by looking at the word self-control, the fruit of self-control. What is self-control? Well, there's a lot of definitions out there. Here's one I thought was interesting and I liked. It's my ability to regulate my thoughts my emotions, and behavior. It's being in control of my attitude and emotions, desires, and conduct. Self-control is related to words like discipline, management. Uh, uh, another word uh, is restrict or restrain, to curb, to limit, to govern. I have a, I like working on lawnmowers. And one of the things that lawnmowers have is called a governor. And it's a little lever that works off some of the internal parts of this engine. I don't know if you're, when you're mowing grass, you'll notice when you start hitting some thicker grass, the engine begins to rev up a little bit. Well, it's because inside, when the engine begins to slow down, it moves this lever that operates the carburetor to give it more gas. And see, that's what self-control is. It means to govern. It's having the, the wisdom and the maturity to know when to step on the brakes or step on the gas. That's what self-control is all about. And see, self-control can determine the times when I should clam up and speak up when we have this quality. And see, as a Christian, this is very important. Because there's times we need to be quiet. There's times we need to speak up. And the Holy Spirit, as it works in our lives, it produces this, this virtue of self-control. And it gives you and I the power to overcome the works of the flesh and to carry out the will of God. Now, you and I, let's get clear here. You and I are not the source of self-control. 
God is the ultimate source. But make no mistake, you and I are involved, deeply involved in developing it. Just like a gardener may not be responsible for the seed growing, but he's yet involved in its process. Look at the Bible says here in Proverbs 23, 23, it says, get wisdom, self-control and understanding. The Bible encourages you and I to get self-control. Now, if the Bible's encouraging us to get self-control, then we must be a part of that process. We play a part in that. Here in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 6, Peter says these words, because you have these blessings, do your best to add these things to your life. And it talks about all the different things you need to add. And one of them, it says, is self-control, to add self-control. So today I want to talk about the three keys to developing self-control in our life. What can I do so God can produce self-control in my life? Well, let's look at these three keys. Number one, self-control begins with self-awareness. I mean, if you were honest, let's just be honest for a minute. We all have areas where we lack self-control. You know, the Bible records the very first sin that ever happened on earth was due to a lapse in self-control. When you stop and think about it, Adam and Eve could eat any any tree, fruit from any tree, except for one. And then what happens is because they it appealed to their eyes, and they and it also gained, they would gain wisdom. They would cave in. They would succumb to the temptation. You know, we all have places and areas where we lack self-control. And so the Bible tells us to look, to look at our lives. Here in Lamentations 3 in the message, it says, let's take a good look at the way we're living and reorder our lives under God. So it's good to look. It's good to think about where do I need more self-control? Where could I use more self-control? Control. Now, the Bible lists five common areas where I can lose my self-control or have a lack of self-control. Let me give them to you here. First is my moods, my emotions. Now, you might say, I'm not an emotional person. Everybody's emotional. We just show it differently, okay? And look what the Bible says here in Proverbs. A fool expresses all his emotions, but a wise person controls them. Now, listen, emotions aren't a bad thing. God gave you and I emotions. He's made you and I to feel. And um, he's given us these emotions for a reason. So self-control doesn't mean that I don't ever express my emotions. No, it's controlling them. It's it's not, not necessarily suppressing them because there are sometimes I should express my emotions. You know, I know sometimes we talk about self-control. A lot of people end up talking about anger issues. You know, I lose my temper. Well, yeah, I need self-control. Sure. But there's times you should control yourself and be angry at some things. Jesus got angry at times. Nothing wrong with anger. The Bible says in your anger, don't sin. And that's where self-control comes in. And I don't know, maybe maybe your mood. You know, it's a, you know people probably are like this. They, they're very moody people. They can be up and down within 30 seconds. And that's what he's, he's saying here. A fool expresses all of his emotions. In other words, he has no governor. He has no way of limit. He doesn't limit it at all. He just lets it go whenever it happens. Whereas a wise person is thinking and he's trying to control 
or steer his emotions in the proper way. Here's another area, my mouth. How many times your mouth got you in trouble, huh? I can think of many times for me. Look at the Bible says here. It says, take care with the things you say. Don't lie or spread gossip or talk about improper things. Ah, how many times have we violated that? How many times? I can think of many times this week I violated that very that very passage there. You know, words are powerful. And God wants us to use some self-control. He wants us to take care of the things we say, to really think about what we're doing. I've heard a phrase, you've heard it too. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You want to bet some of you are thinking of things that have been said to you from your childhood that are still with you, that still are painful. The Bible talks about reckless words pierce like a sword, but the words of the wise bring healing. Well, what's the difference? Self-control. You have trouble with your words? Would you like some control over your mouth at times? God wants to help you with that. Here's another area, my money. Look what it says here in Proverbs 21. The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. This is one guy, he controls his spending habits. He says, I'm going to save. The other one just lets it go and spends whatever just as fast as he gets it. And one of the reasons people have money problems because they don't know how to curb their spending. They see a good deal. It saved me a lot of money. But the truth is, it saved me money I didn't have to begin with. <laughs> it's like, I just I just don't have any self-control. I see a good bargain. I can't pass it up. And that gets us in trouble. There's another area, my body. You know, God, it says here, God wants each one of you to learn to control your own body. Use your body in a way that's holy and that gives honor to God. And if there's ever a time, you know, sometimes we need self-control. It's with our body, what we eat, how we take care of it. It, it really matters. And, and I, I'm sure some of you are thinking, you know, I could use some self-control right now with my desires, my appetite, my cravings. You know, lack of self-control leads to addictions and uh, leads to great just to, to great unhealth and unrest and disease. Maybe you need self-control with your body. Here's another, here's the last one, another area the Bible talks about, and that's my desires. In Ephesians 4, Paul is talking about the ungodly. He's talking about the old life that we've left by being a Christian. And, we, and he talks about the ungodly people in the world and he says and they he makes this observation in the Amplified Bible and they the ungodly in their spiritual apathy having become calloused and unfeeling have given themselves over as prey to unbridled sensuality eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity that's their desires may demand now I just think about that word unbridled sensuality it's uncontrolled you know, my uh, cousins had ponies and we would ride them and they'd always put a bridle on them. And they sometimes would get on one of their ponies without a bridle. That horse would go wherever it wanted. It had no control over it. You just hung on and prayed you didn't get hurt. And there's desires that we have, sexual desires, desires for pleasure, desires for success, ego, pride, desires to get ahead. And when they're unbridled, they can destroy us. You see, anything that's uncontrolled 
will end up controlling you and ultimately destroy you. That's how important self-control is. It may be why the Apostle Paul lists self-control last, because self-control kind of connects all the other descriptions of God's fruit. Look at the Bible says here in Proverbs 5, an evil man will be caught in his evil ways. He'll be tied up by his sins as if they are ropes. He will die because he does not control himself. He'll be held captive by his own foolishness. Notice all that. Look, look at how, how much uncontrolled things, uncontrolled things in our lives actually control us. The word caught, tied up, captive, and ultimately they will die because they do not control themselves. So I ask you again, just think about this. That's a good question to ask as you're looking at yourself. Where could I use some self-control? Where do I lack self-control? Here's number two, second key. Self-control involves self-regulation. You know, why? I got to ask myself, why are some people seem to have more self-control than other, others? Is it because they have more willpower? Is it because they, they're, you know, they, they just don't have trouble with that for some reason? Why is it that they seem to have more control than me? Well, it has something to do with maybe their patterns and their habits. In other words, they've learned to change their routine. They're, they're acutely aware of the triggers and the situations in their life where they will struggle with temptation. So they curb, they steer, they on their part, do their part to change a habit. They focus on something else that's better. They establish a new habit. Look at this passage here in Hebrews 4. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. He says, you know, you have an old nature and it's plagued by a lack of control, a lack of self-control. Put on a new one. Put these off and put something else on, something better. You know, I got to thinking about this. Your character is summed up by the total of your habits, or it's the sum total of your habits. And if you want more self-control, you must take responsibility to manage your habits. And this requires some self-discipline. It requires forming and following a plan. Now, I got to thinking, uh, how to illustrate that. And I found a couple of ways the Bible gives us an example of what self-control and how it's developed, uh, how, how it's done. And let me give you two examples here. One is found in the, in the example of construction. It's, in other words, it's about building a wall. Look at the book, book of Proverbs again. Proverbs 25, 28 says, Losing self-control leaves you as helpless as a city without a wall. He's saying self-control is like building a wall that that protects you and preserves what's inside. In other words, self-controlled people have learned to build some walls. In other words, establish some boundaries in their life. 
Because see, when there's no boundaries, you're asking for trouble. And so self-controlled people, when they're trying to develop self-control, they first are aware. They're just aware of the places and the people and the situations and the little triggers that that will cause them to relapse, the little places that, that help them or encourage them to fall to temptation. They know what tempts them, so they adjust. They avoid those places. They 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 put a boundary in their life saying, I guess I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to be with that person anymore. Now, another, another thing about this is that there are some walls that also, that are when they're built, create support. I have a wall in my basement, my basement wall, and it's poured concrete, and it supports the house. And so sometimes building a wall isn't just building a wall to say, okay, a boundary in, this, in the sense of what I'll what I'm going to stay away from and what I'm going to keep close to. It's I want to keep and protect. It's also building a support system around me because that's what walls can do. They can support a lot of weight. And so I I think about a team of people I can form around me that will help me develop self-control. And those people are strong believers in Christ. I want to make sure I've got some strong people around me that will build and will help me develop self-control. Here's another example that I found in the scriptures. Not only construction, but there's an example from competition. You know, during this uh, COVID pandemic, we've uh, ESPN is really hard-pressed on what they're going to show. And so they've been showing reruns. They've been showing old fights and old football games. And uh, the other day, I happened to be watching and just going through the channels, they had the 1996 Olympics with the women's gymnastics and the dream team. These women were incredible. Uh, there's Shannon Miller, uh, Dominic Doss, and there's Carrie Shrugs, Shrugs, I guess, Shrugs, Shrugs, I can't, anyway, I just remember, remember that vault, that very last vault where she finally sticks the landing and they win the gold. And you see the dedication, you see the hard work in which these these young ladies uh, that can do incredible stuff. I'm watching it with Carmody because she's doing gymnastics and I'm going, watch the balance beam, you know, and Nora's walking by. I can do that, Grandpa. And she starts doing flips and stuff. And it's inspiring to watch. It really is. And you see the rewards of all their hard work. You see the, the results of uh, their dedication, their commitment. Well, Paul talks about this kind of dedication. He describes self-control as that of the approach of an athlete. And look what it says here in 1 Corinthians 9. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win. Now, they, he says they, they do it to win a crown or a medal or something that won't last. Then he goes on and says, but we run this race. We do this to win a victor's crown that will last forever. And then he goes on to say, he says, so I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I'm not like a boxer who misses his punches. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. He says, I'm training like a godly champion. I'm not after some 
award here on earth. I'm after something much more precious and much more valuable, eternal life. And so I'm going to I'm going to set some goals in my life. You say, well, why in the world would you set some goals in my life? Well, because anything worthwhile is going to have some goals. And listen to me. No one can do this work for you. This is what only what you can do. No one else, your mom, your, your dad, your preacher, some other person, a friend, they can't do this work for you. You have to do it. When I watched each of these gymnasts do their thing, you know, on the balance beam, uneven bars, the vault, the floor exercise, it's amazing what they can do. But they each had, one person didn't do all, do all their pre- preparation. They each had to do it themselves. And so it's important that we, we understand here that if I'm going to develop self-control, it's going to, my end is some self-regulation. Some responsibility lays at my feet, lays at your feet. Let me ask you something. What's a habit you need to change? What's a routine you need to change in order to develop self-control so God can do that? Here's the third key. That self-control requires self Surrender. You know, every day you face something that wants to control you. And you stop and think about it. Your ego tries to control you, your appetite maybe, a vice, a weakness, an addiction. And, and let's be honest, sometimes it does, doesn't it? And you may think to yourself, man, if I had more power, if I had more willpower, if that's what we perceive people as self-control. Oh, they got so much willpower. If I had their willpower, then then I could overcome this. I could, I could control myself. The truth is, there's not enough willpower in anyone to truly be have self-control, to overcome every temptation in life. You know, Paul talks about this battle for control, this battle of control even, here in Romans 7. And look at these passages here with me. It says here, look what he says here. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. You ever felt like that? I don't understand me. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? After I've, after I've uh, succumbed to temptation, why did I do that? Why couldn't I have controlled myself? Why couldn't I have resisted? And we beat ourselves up. Paul goes on to say it this way in Romans 7. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I, this is an apostle. This is an apostle of Jesus. One of the best believers in the Bible. Wrote most of the, of the New Testament. Died for his faith. He says, I want to do what's right, but I can't. Huh. I want to do what is good, but I don't. Oh, Paul, this is too much reality. Don't take that to me. That discourages me. He's just being honest. I don't want to do what is wrong. But I do it anyway. And look what he says in Romans 7, 24 through 25. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Because of my lack of self-control, because I can't get a grip on myself, I'm so miserable. He's at the end of his rope. And look what he says. Who will free me from this life? He already realizes I don't have the power. Somebody else is going to have to have the power because I don't have it. Who will rescue me from this life that has dominated by sin and death. And he says, thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
He says, I want to be free. I want to be free from the bondage of sin. I want to be free from, from just falling into temptation and failing. But I just can't seem to do it. I've tried everything. God knows I've tried everything. But Paul's willpower is not even enough. And then he says, who can save me? What can I do? I want to have self-control. But I don't have the power. Who can do this for me? And he says, Jesus Christ. And he says, our Lord. What's he surrendering? He's saying, our Lord. He's saying, he's my boss. My master. You see, Jesus is Lord, whether I make him Lord or not. But I ultimately decide if he's going to be my Lord. And I do that through surrender. And it's not until, it's not until you and I surrender that, that I will discover real freedom from sin. You see, God is the source of all the power I need. Look at it says here in 2 Timothy 1. His spirit is the source of power and love and self-control. God is the source. I want you to know this morning, you know, maybe you're struggling in an area, one of these areas you go, I just wish I had more self-control. I try, Tim. I keep trying, but I keep failing. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you to stop trying and start trusting the Lord. Start trusting God. Romans 6, Paul said this. He said, do not let sin control the way you live and do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, Give yourselves completely to God. There's surrender right there. I want self-control. Surrender. For you were dead, but now you have new life. There's the habit. You've changed your habit. You're going in a different direction. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. He's saying, what's he saying? He's saying, when I'm mastered by the master, I can master anything. Listen, when he's your master, you'll find you can master anything too. Let me ask you a question this morning as we close. What do you need to do today? Where do you do you need do you need self-control? Where could you use more self-control? What habit? What habit do you need to change? What wall do you need to start building? Are you living without walls of things just coming and going as they please? You're the one that's going to get hurt with that kind of life. What, what, what do you need to build? What boundary do you need to establish? Say, you know what? I can't do that. What boundary do you need to say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to begin doing this. This habit is the habit I'm going to start having. Do you need to surrender? Tim, there's times I want to give up. That's great. Why not? Why not just give up and let God help you? Surrender to the Lord. Trust the Holy Spirit. What do you got to lose? I'll tell you what you gain. Self-control. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this, this series, this whole series, Lord. And Father, we pray right now for people that are listening. I pray, Father, that... Uh, you give them hope. Let them know, Father. Let them know 
that you want to work in their lives. Father, where? Where do each of us need self-control? Where do we need your control? Is it our mood, our mouth? Is it money? Is it our body? Is it our desires, Father? Is it something else? Father, we just ask, you You see it right now. You, your Holy Spirit sees it in our heart right now. Oh God, we want help. We know we have a part in this. We know we have a response ability here. And so, Father, we want to, we bring to you our A game. Help us change whatever habits. Reveal to us what we need to change, Father. Help us be serious like like an athlete who wants to win. And Father, we, we just wanna we just wanna win over our sin, over temptation. So help us bring our A game, help us do our part, Father. Help us be willing to listen and let you coach us on how to develop self control. But Father, we pray most of all that will surrender. Father, I want, I'm just praying with some people right now. We are surrendering right now to you. We're giving up on how trying to do it ourselves. We know we can't. If Adam and Eve couldn't do it at the very beginning, and the Apostle Paul can't do it, who am I to think I can? Without your power, you are the true source of self-control. Would you help us stop trying so much, Father, and just start trusting you? Help us surrender to you and let you have your way in our life. Help us give ourselves completely to you. And God, we pray that you'll develop love and joy and peace, patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness along with self-control. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.